This episode is sponsored by me, Carolyn Choate. Schedule a funnel mapping strategy session so we can go through your business, your goals, and your plans together, and you'll get a custom diagram of your perfect ideal funnel. And you'll have the option to have me build it all for you in just one week with a funnel by Friday. So click the link in the description to schedule your session. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I am here with Jessie, who is in a very completely different time zone from me, and I'll let her tell you about that. But we have such a special presentation today because she has dedicated her business to one extremely important skill, writing book blurbs. This is the most crucial part of selling books, setting up book sales funnels, Everything to do with selling books comes down to how enticing is your book blurb. So welcome, Jesse. I'm so happy to have you here. Oh, thank you so much. I'm very happy to be here. So uh, first, tell us where you're uh, tuning in from here. I'm tuning in from Sydney, Australia. You might even be able to hear some of the wildlife because I've got a lot of very noisy birds <laughs> around me. Oh, my um, and yep, it's pretty hot and humid here today. I know you guys over the other side of the world are feeling the chill, but in Sydney, it's been very, very tropical. So yeah, I do love living here, but I don't love humidity. I won't lie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, we do get a pretty humid heat here in the summer too. <laughs> it's just a lot more exhausting. Yeah. It's hard to move. Like, mm. <laughs> Very much so. Very much so. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in the business of writing book blurbs. Um, accidentally. So <laughs> I had, so I've been a music teacher for about 13 years now. This is my first year not teaching music, just writing blurbs, which is living the dream. Um, but I've always done some kind of writing on the side. I've written for um, a few of the newspapers here in New South Wales, uh, mostly doing art criticism. So using my music background to write about music. But in 2020, I had a bit more time on my hands, a bit less teaching. And I was like, I really want to do more writing. Like it's always just been my side gig. I want to do more of it. And I was like, what's something short that I could write? I didn't want to get stuck in like big, long projects with people. What's something short and easy that I could write? And my boyfriend is a Latinist and he'd actually just self-published some Latin books on Amazon. And he'd gone through the whole blurb writing thing. And for him, he was pretty like, yeah, it wasn't that bad. And I read his blurbs and I was like, this is interesting. And so it was kind of like at the top of my mind. That's kind of like the best way to describe it. It was just top of my mind. And I was like, I I think I could write these, but I genuinely thought that no one, I, I genuinely thought that authors would be like, excuse me, I've just written a hundred thousand words. I don't need you to write my 150 words. I can handle a hundred words. I just did a bunch of words. But exactly. No. And you know, <laughs> I'm in awe of people who write books uh, and I'm like, that. that's a lot of work. So anyway, I went on Hiver, put up a gig and it kind of just skyrocketed from there. And all of a sudden, all of these authors were saying to me, oh my gosh, like A, you're the first person to get my blurb right. And B, I can't write my blurb 
for anything. Like I hate it. It's so hard. And it was just like this outpouring of anguish. And I was like, what have I stumbled on? What have I found? Because to me, writing blurbs has always been easy. I'm not going to say I never struggle with it, but it's it's always been something that I'm like, yeah, I can do this. And so it was incredible to me to kind of like realize this was just this huge, huge pain point. So I can't pretend to have done any kind of fancy market research and then been like, I see this need. It was totally accidental, but I'm so glad that I fell into it because I mean, within a few months I had way more business than I could handle and I wanted to move off of Fiverr. So I created my book Blurb Magic course and then went and created my own business and here I am today. (laughs) Yeah, I think that the most successful businesses happen that way where Mm. it's just something that people are begging for that you stumble into providing not something you go like let me try to find this and that and put something together for it it's this is absolutely people are hungry for and when they find out you can do it then they're they're banging Mm. more down because I will say I didn't it is hard. Oh, sorry, I was good. Yeah, <laughs> it is hard. And I was will say, so I decided to create a book blurb course because I was like, I can't, you know, necessarily write everybody's blurb in the world kind of thing. And maybe there'll be people out there who want to try write it themselves. And I will say that one was a gamble and I was not at all certain whether or not it would pay off. I was like, I know people will pay me to write their blurbs and they obviously still do. But because I'm a teacher, I was like, I wonder if I can teach it as well. And uh I'm so pleased to say that like the course has gotten such good feedback. People find it really useful and that I almost feel prouder of that sometimes than writing my own blurbs because I'm like, oh my gosh, I can impart the blurb skills to other people. It's it's really satisfying. That's, that's the teacher in me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very different skill from writing a novel or a research mm. book or a memoir. Like, writing big long form and then writing the sales language to grab people's attention are just wildly different skills and I definitely see Mm. a lot of authors who are just defeated by the book blurb they've gone and done so much great work and then they're just like I don't know what to do so. Very much so. And there's yeah. usually a lot of fear yeah. about, you know, sounding too salesy or, um, you know, hyping yourself up too much. I get a lot of authors kind of say to me, oh, I'm no good at hype writing. And I'm like, well, I don't, the, the point of a book blurb is not to hype your book up. It's actually to correctly set expectations yeah. and, and hopefully exceed them. But the best book blurbs tell you what you're going to get and then deliver. It's not like they, you know, I think we've probably all had the experience of reading a book blurb that has promised so, so much and then read the book and been like, was this even written about the same book? Like, what is going on? What have I got here? So, it's you know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> the same thing as clickbait. Very much so. And you really, the, the last thing you want is a clickbaity blurb because, and this is, it, I found this interesting because a lot of my clients have come to me from Fiverr, but then also when I, you know, started my own business, a lot of them were saying things like, oh, I went to this other blurb writer and the blurb is like, it reads so great, but it doesn't feel like my book. Mm-hmm. And so objectively as a piece of copy, as a piece of writing, you can look at a, a real, you know, flashy book blurb and be like, this is a perfect, uh, you know, piece of sales writing. But if it doesn't accurately capture your book, then guess what? You're more likely to receive 
crap reviews because your book is not delivering on on what the back cover is saying it will give you so the best thing you can do for your book is actually to write a blurb that is really really accurate that feels like your book feels to read and correctly sets up your readers expectations so that then they're going to go when they review and go oh my gosh yes this book is amazing it's it was exactly what I wanted kind of thing well, now I'm curious, as a done-for-you service, how do you capture a book's essence? I assume you can't read every book. That would be <laughs> a lot of time. Yeah, that's like the first question. A lot of people assume I read the whole book. A lot of You'd people, have to pay you know, so much money if she was going to put the time into reading a book, people. Yeah, but you know what? If I thought reading the whole book would make me a better blurb writer, then I would do it. But I'm not convinced, and I know I'm not the only blurb writer, who does this as well that that's actually the best way to go about it in fact knowing the book inside out as the author is what can make it quite difficult to step back and actually write a blurb so my process is that I have a very stupidly simple little questionnaire for authors to fill out and it's basically just you kind of sitting down with a word vomit type version of your plot and I need to know the spoilers obviously as well uh not that they go in the blurb but it's essentially a blow by blow. And the magical thing that happens, and I don't like, I don't like to talk about this too much because I worry that people get self-conscious, but you know, this is the behind the scenes truth is that what happens when authors kind of sit down and give me this unselfconscious sort of ramble of what their plot is about is the most important things naturally stand out. There's kind of like these natural sort of biases and clues and things like that, that start to pop out. And I, as an outsider, can perhaps see that more quickly than they can. And I mean, Book Blurb Magic, the course sort of teaches authors how to go through that process themselves and how to step outside of it and choose the right info. But for me as an outsider, looking at that, you know, those paragraphs, genuinely speaking, I usually work off a roundabout, definitely under a thousand words. More often it's more like five to 700 words. And then sometimes I ask questions. I do request the manuscript so I can kind of have a look at tone and check that, I am sort of matching the manuscript. But other than that, it's just what this author gives me. And authors do know their books really, really well. And they reveal the the essence of the book themselves. And I, I th- it's just a really interesting sort of process because I then will often write the blurb and the author comes back and goes, oh my goodness, like you perfectly captured this thing that I have not been able to capture. And I'm like, but you actually literally gave it to me. I even had, I had a very funny situation where a client of mine, I was writing her author bio for her, which is another thing that authors, you know, can struggle with because it's weird writing about yourself. And the one line that she picked out of the bio, she's like, oh my gosh, Jesse, I love this. And I was like, you literally said that to me in your thought. Like, that's what you said to me. That's the one part that I took verbatim. And she was like, what, really? Oh my God, how embarrassing. Like, <laughs> but I really work with what the authors give me. And I just think there's so much, there's so many gems in what, you know, they are often thinking is kind of like this pointless ramble or it feels like a big mess. Uh, And one of my, like my favorite part of the job, I think is actually sifting through that and being like, oh, there's that one thing or that one theme that keeps popping out. This is what I need to highlight. And it's so fun. It's like a little, it's like a little treasure hunt. (laughs) That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. <laughs> I've had that experience too, actually, doing copywriting as part of funnels that, you know, yeah. uh, somebody was just effusive about how amazing my copywriting is that I capture her voice so perfectly. And I was like, uh, all of those sentences that you really like were like on your bio page. <laughs> like you wrote those. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's funny how we sort of forget uh, a very embarrassing, actually, I had a client post their blurb reveal and he posted the tagline and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with this hook. And I knew this was a blurb he'd written himself using my course. And he comes back, he's like, yeah, thanks for writing it. And I was like, wait, what? And he was like, don't you remember? Like you, like he gave me his blurb for a critique and I had rewritten the hook. Like he had the beginnings of it and I like rewrote it and I'd <laughs> forgotten. And here I was being like, this hook is is total magic. And he's like, yeah, that that's yours. And I was like, oh my God. So it's funny, like what we Looks actually like you forget. were really hyping yourself up mind. there. Golly, who wrote this amazing hook? <laughs> I know. So if I comment on a blur that you've written for yourself and you know, I changed something and I'm like, that's amazing, it's because I've genuinely forgotten that I've written it. <laughs> I love when you write something and you come back to it months or years later and you're like, hey, there's some good stuff in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not even, I mean, same with the stuff, like the music reviews that I've written for papers. I'd, I'd read them when they're printed and go, oh, my God, they edited this sentence. They made it so much better. And then I go back to my draft. I'm like, no, you wrote it that way. Like you actually <laughs> did an okay job of self-editing yourself. Give yourself some credit. So it's hilarious. It's hilarious what we forget. <laughs> it really is. So I think you have like a formula for people to kind of loosely follow for what really helps a book sell when you put that blurb on Amazon. Mm. Tell us a little bit. And about I'm glad it. that you said loosely because it can kind of be, <laughs> well, it can be as step-by-step step or as, as free as you like. So, uh, if you go to my Instagram at magic, the link in bio will take you straight to this formula. I've got it as a free cheat sheet. It's the, you know, it's the formula that I go into a lot of depth in, in the book blurb magic course. Um, or if you just go to anatomyofabookblurb.com, that takes you straight there as well. Um, so if what I'm saying now, you're like madly scribbling notes, you don't need to. It's all, it's all in the cheat sheet. Um, but essentially I teach two different book blurb formulas. So one I call the fiction one, one I call the nonfiction one. To be honest, I'm thinking about renaming them narrative and non-narrative because the non-fiction formula is not designed for creative non-fiction. Like if you've written your memoir, if you've done a memoir, that's like a narrative style. So you're going to use the inverted commas fiction um, book blurb. So I'm thinking about renaming those for clarity, but let's just roll with it. So if you're writing a standard narrative or fiction blurb, you're usually going to write about three paragraphs. So you start off with a catchy hook, which is hopefully a single sentence or two. And that honestly takes me 70% of my blurb writing time is getting the hook right. Like that's the bit that we spend time on because if they don't read the hook, they won't read the rest of your blurb. So why are you even writing it? Um, So we've got a hook. Uh, and three paragraphs. First paragraph, you're introducing where your character is mentally and physically at the beginning of the story. Second paragraph focuses on the inciting incident and, you know, the the things surrounding that. Third paragraph ups the stakes and kind of, you know, leads us towards a cliffhanger kind of ending. Um, and then you should probably finish with a call to action, which a lot of authors forget, but just a really simple, like, click by now to read such and such to day actually makes an enormous difference I think I mean you know you do funnels you know all about calls to action they're so I feel like a lot of people are uncomfortable using them because it feels self-explanatory but the amount of times people ask for things that are like do you know how many times I've been in the supermarket and I've been like sorry where's your you know tinned chickpeas and they're like in front of you like I've been looking for those for 15 minutes Fine. Like, it's right there. <laughs> exactly exactly so we don't always see what's in plain view and you want to create this kind of momentum where they've you know read your hook gotten excited read paragraph one been like oh what's going to happen to this character through to paragraph two three and then call to action like use that momentum and get them to 
to click buy now, to click read now, whatever your readers are most likely to do, whether they're reading Kindle Unlimited or whatever. Uh, that's just a really good way to do it. If you're writing a nonfiction book and we're going with like, you know, self-help or instructional kind of things, um, like if you're a coach and you've got like a method you're you're selling or teaching in a book, we follow much the same pattern. But instead of that third paragraph, I like to use bullet points. Uh, and just because people are more likely to kind of be skimming through, looking for key information, key terms, what can this book give me? Um, and of course, instead of, you know, main character and inciting incident, paragraph one really focuses on like any pain points that your clients have really get them resonating with you and going, yes, I need this book. And then the second paragraph can introduce you as an authority or can just present your book as the tool that they need whichever you're most comfortable with depending on how much experience you have and how many bragging rights you have whatever is going to be easier to write that second paragraph and then you just launch straight into bullet points and your call to action at the bottom as well so slightly different kind of um goals for those blurbs and slightly different reader habits people who are reading a narrative you know fiction book are there for the story whereas people who are grabbing a non-fiction book like need those benefits that you're about to sell them so that they're going to be looking for those keywords as quick as possible um so that's it in a nutshell but like i say anatomyofabooklearn.com or just head to the link in my instagram bio then you've got the cheat sheet for free because i'm a very visual person and i like to to see these things <laughs> yes that's remarkably similar to what I put on a book opt-in page when it's, you know, mm. kind of promoting get your free chapter. And usually what I'm doing are the nonfiction books, the not narrative. So yeah, it's the find the hook, talk about the pain point, bullet points about what the benefits are of getting this chapter or this piece of a book. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think it is kind of like, a mini sales letter, if you will, uh, that you would normally have on, on a funnel page. And, you know, once you have your blurb written, that can be something that you use to build your opt-in page. If you're not paying someone wonderful like Carolyn to do it, <laughs> then, you know, if that's something you're kind of DIYing, then, you know, I think it's really important to remember how much we can repurpose the blurb, whether it's yeah. on social media, whether it's to, you know, put in one of your emails, right? And just use you can include your blurb in one of your that emails. Line. It can be a subject line. It can be in your email signature. It can be exactly. your Facebook like bio. Use that hook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The hook goes everywhere. But even like the way that the characters are described or the ideas are described, use that same messaging over and over. Like if you've got a good blurb writer or a good copywriter or a publisher or whatever working with you to get that copy done use it again and again because the other thing is you know people need that repetition and if you're trying to reinvent the wheel every time you describe something in your book it actually I, I think you'll agree weakens your sales message and people aren't getting that same sales message you know hitting home every single repetition. time so yeah yeah so it might use, feel repetitive to you because you see it all the time but other people like they've got <laughs> their own lives going on they're not going to remember as we were saying yeah yeah <laughs> Very much so. I think a good example is even like on social media when you're doing reels about your book, um, people kind of often try to pull so many different, you know, different quotes or different character descriptions. And sometimes it gets confusing because I'm like, are you still talking about the same book you were talking about yesterday or is this a different character? So consistency is actually is actually great. And yeah, don't just leave your blurb to languish on your back cover. <laughs> Use it wherever you can. And I love that you have put your knowledge into a course that is so affordable. I mean, mm. the price might go up. I don't know. But right now it's 
$37. Yeah, it was 27 when I started selling it like three years ago. Um, but okay, well, yes, no so it has gone up, it's price. gone up a little bit. It's gone up a little bit. And yeah, look, it probably will in another couple of years. But I wanted to make it, you know, really accessible. And I, I really wanted to kind of... um. I don't know. There's a lot of resistance towards writing blurbs, a lot of, a lot of uh, fear, I think in the mindsets of authors. And I totally understand it because there's so much conflicting information out there. There's so many people saying things like think like a reader or think like a marketer or, and nothing about actually harnessing your strengths as an author, your storytelling strengths. And the fact that you are the creative authority on your work, you know, your book so, so well. Uh, I haven't really seen much out there that's really acknowledging those as strengths and things that you can bring to your blurb writing and so when I put book blurb magic together and that addresses fiction and non-fiction blurbs I should say as well all of those lessons are in the one course um I really I really wanted to play to my students strengths and I mean like I say my background is in education and if you're trying to get like high schoolers to do something you're not going to convince them to do something by being like think like somebody different uh you've got to you've got to work with their strengths you've got to work with them so I guess that's where I sort of came from in doing that but I think it was really important to me to make a course that was very author friendly and sure if you're a copywriter and you're like I want to become a blurb writer too then it'll 100% help you. But it's designed very specifically for authors to be able to walk through and complete all those steps. And I do have a formula, but it's more like a, you know, I give you the lines and you decide how you want to color in. That's kind of how I like to think of it. And if you're really, really scared, then I provide, you know, color palette options for you to choose from, you know, like there's, there's templates and things that you can follow really closely if you're scared, or you can kind of go off and do your own thing and have fun with it. And of course, there's always going to be brilliant blurbs that break the rules. I don't follow all of the rules all of the time. But I think once you sort of know that framework and play around within it, uh, any kind of exploring you do then is so much more effective because you understand the the foundations and ultimately what information belongs in the blurb and, and what doesn't because that's kind of the key. Yeah. This is going to sell your book so much better. Like this is the key to book sales for sure. So I'm so excited. Very much so. Yeah. Well, like we say, like the cover sells the click because, you know, that's the pretty thing that people want to click on. And then the blurb sells the purchase. Mm. So it's, yeah, those two work in tandem. Very important. <laughs> oh, now I'm thinking about YouTube titles and thumbnails. Very similar. Very, very similar. Fit together just right. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. hundred percent. Well, now I want to put you on the spot. Do you have any examples of blurbs that you could share? <laughs> this is such an I'm interesting one because that. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. And I've actually had a similar question on a podcast last week where they were like, do you have an example of like the perfect blurb? And I was like, no, I do not. Okay. So I should say inside of book blurb magic, there are a lot of examples. So I grabbed a bunch of bestsellers and I literally color coded them so you can see the formula working inside them and be like you know this is where they've used this plot point and this is where we have this character information so that's probably like the part of the course that I'm proudest of and that I've also heard from my students is like the most helpful so just because I can't give you examples on the spot doesn't mean there aren't like a lot worked in there but I will say that um I do I'm I'm increasingly exploring I guess blurbs that don't follow the formula so I have a whole lot of ones in my head that are like really different and one that kind of blew my mind was um an author called Dervla McTiernan her most recent book The Murder Rule 
had a first-person POV blurb, very unorthodox for a crime thriller. Um, and it's so short and so punchy and, like, it just puts you in the steps of in the, in the footsteps of this character and they're kind of a little bit sinister and you're like, what is going on? But it breaks all of the blurb rules in one go. And, and I sort of, I love, I love when writing, like, does that and you're sort of like, I'm not expecting this. But at the same time, you can can still see that those same crucial elements are in there you know we need to know uh, you know enough information to resonate with what is happening inside the book whether it's a non-fiction book and we go yeah I like those ideas or a fiction book and we're like yeah I want to spend time with that character being relatable and resonating with your reader is 100% key so even if you read a blurb that breaks all of the rules that you learn inside book blurb magic I can guarantee you it's focusing on resonating with the reader and that is the absolute heart of it every time See, I was thinking about ones that you've written, but you think about ones that you're reading because you're really still always researching and always studying every blurb that you come across. Oh, yeah. Now when I go to bookstores, I always have my phone and I just photograph all of these back covers and then I use them for like reels later on or like I'll write an email about them because I'm just always learning. Um, the ones that I've I mean, like I, <laughs> I've written blurbs for like a ridiculous range of of genres and things as well so for me to also like pull an example out of there I'm like what do you want an example of I might need to return your question what are you looking for an example of because <laughs> I'm sure I can find one <laughs> yeah scroll through all those pictures thousands of pictures of backs of books <laughs> yeah yeah very very much so but I think I do love I love um sort of finding new ways to bring out the essence of people's books and kind of going like what is going to highlight this one the best like for some books it's really great to have a super dramatic hook uh it's you know again like if we go into like the self-help genre or you know coaching it's kind of sometimes it's really helpful to have a hook that like punches you in the face and goes like do you need your life changed kind of thing and other times it's like you want to engage the reader in this like thoughtful sort of exchange of like you know ask them a question they may not have an answer for and kind of go oh I've never actually considered this before and it really you know especially in non-fiction there's just a huge breadth of of topics um it really depends on how you want your reader to feel when they pick up your book what kind of conversation do you want to have with them um and then perhaps go and find books that are similar to yours and have a look at how their blurbs are doing it but don't feel you have to follow them but I I do love to just I really I guess I, I deal with blurbs on a very case-by-case -case basis which is like they're they're all really individual to me <laughs> that's how I feel about funnels too it's not really mm. a formula or like plug things in here it's like Mm. everyone it's an is art. individual and their businesses are individual and so there's so much that has to be thought about and customized each step of the way to really fit with their business and their customers and their goals and all of that and I think you've touched on something interesting there because I think funnels marketing you know the book blurb is part of the marketing are all often treated as less creative parts of the self-publishing journey and I always approach blurb 
labs and I'm sure you approach funnels this way as well as more of an art than a science. Like I'm genuinely sitting down and and you know what, when I first started writing blurbs, I approached it very much as a science. I was very nervous. I was like, oh, I have to, I have to get this right for sales. And I followed my own formula a lot more rigorously than I do now. These days I approach every single blurb like a creative writing assignment. And that was a tricky boundary for me to get past because I'm also being quite vulnerable as a writer. Like it's easy for me to stick in the formula and give people stuff that's like, oh yeah, that's good. That works. But it's harder for me. I mean, a good example would be I wrote a blurb for a fantasy book a while back and I couldn't come up with a hook. It was just a hook wasn't wasn't happening. And then one day I was on a walk because that's, you know, where all the best ideas come. And I literally made up like a little rhyme, almost like a little poemy type thing for this book as the hook. And I was like, this is either really fantastic or really terrible. And I have no idea what my client is going to think. Like I genuinely felt like it was the best move for the book, but I was also this part of me going, what if she just thinks I'm some ridiculous, like you're not a poet. What are you trying to do? Create this stupid rhyme about, you know, something in my book. Like I just had no idea. And it was so much more vulnerable. I could have gone back and done a much more conventional hook, but I threw that one in and was like, I'm just going to get over myself and see what she says. And she absolutely loved it. She was completely obsessed with it. Just like I, I was and was like this is amazing this suits my book so much so it can be a lot scarier to approach blurb writing as as an art as somebody who's like you know delivering this into the hands of other people but if you're writing your own I think it's such an exciting invitation to stay in your creative zone rather than going I have to be someone else while I write my blurb which I think is where a lot of authors get stuck and I'm sure the same thing happens with funnels and other aspects of marketing is that we feel like we can't be our creative selves in doing those things and while there's obviously you know some formulas and science involved there's a lot of creativity and artistic room to move which I think we would all do well to remember and I constantly try to remind myself of that I'm like take creative risks Jesse make this exciting (laughs) yeah it reminds me of something that's been on my mind recently that I think all marketing works. It just works depending on who you are. And so I, a while back when I was first getting started with marketing, I hired a coach who taught me click funnels and taught me like the classic <laughs> thing that you think of yep. when you think of funnels. Yep. And I was following along step-by-step step, doing exactly what he said to do and it wasn't working. But you know mm. what? It does work for some people. It works Mm. for people that that aligns with who they are and it didn't align with who I was. And so it wouldn't work for me. Completely agree. So I think there's a million different styles of marketing and they all work and you just find the one Mm -hmm. that fits your heart and what you're trying to accomplish and it will work for you. Yeah. And I think I really don't like doing things the same way over and over again, which is why I quite enjoy, like a lot of people ask me, what genres do you write blurbs for? And I'm like, literally everything. I've never met a book that I didn't want to write a blurb for. Like just everything. I think, you're you know, like I've written such a different way. You're like, I'm not niched yeah. by genre. I'm just niched by, I write this part of the book. This. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. And I really, you know, there are, I write a lot of romance blurbs, for example, because I just happen to have a lot of clients at the moment who write that. But it, you know, once upon a time, I was actually writing more nonfiction blurbs than romance and like, I, you know, or kids books or, but I just, you know, love the variety in there and love approaching each book as just something completely different. And it's a really fun 
challenge. I mean, I was like, you know, reading up on the Civil War the other day because I was writing, you know, a blurb for a historical fiction book on that. And I was like, I realize there are some gaps in my knowledge here because <laughs> and I want to make sure I got this right. So you like, you know, you learn so many interesting things and it's just, it's really it's really fun, but you do have to find a way. If you're writing a blurb yourself, you have to find a way that it that it resonates for you. And again, that's why, like, yes, book blurb magic is a formula, but there's a certain level of freedom. And I'm never going. I've seen book blurb writing books, which are like theoretically great, but they'll literally tell you sentence one should say this, sentence two should say this, sentence three, and you know this is where you put your adjectives, and this is where. And I'm like, yes, that will work but your blurb will then sound very much like every other blurb that is written with that formula. And while there are certain pieces of information that we will always include in certain parts of the blurb, like I've outlined with our first, second, third paragraphs, for example, it doesn't need to be a blow-by-blow replica of a particular formula. And there are several different ways to weave that information in and it should be woven in a way that suits your book and your writing style and your tone and everything else. Yeah, going back to exactly the matching the book with the blurb, because you've set an expectation and that this is where bad reviews come from when that expectation is not met and people go into very the much so. thinking that it's going to be a very different experience from what it is. Mm, so, yeah. Do you also have a service where if people write their own blurbs that they can send it to you for critique and, and revision? Yes. Yes. So I can either write your blurb for you and that's just like a hands off. You dump your like plot on me and I go for it. Um, But if you want to kind of learn a bit more about what blurbs kind of work for your book uh, and actually sit down and have a one-on-one with me, then I do my one-to-one blurb audit. So you write your blurb. I highly recommend at least downloading my free cheat sheet. You don't have to do the whole book blurb magic course. It certainly helps. But if you just download the free cheat sheet and make sure you've kind of followed that formula for whichever type of book you're you're writing a blurb for, um, then you send me your blurb and we basically hop on a 60-minute Zoom call and I honestly, I'm kind of 99% finished most of the blurbs by the end of that hour. Um, like that... Sometimes there's like a word or two that we want to change, but a lot of them we're just kind of like, look at them like, no, you know what? It's done. It's good. So we really rip the guts out of it. If that's what needs doing, I've never had a blurb in one of those audits where I've been like, this is total trash. We need to throw it all out. I know that authors get really nervous about that, but it's basically just about, again, finding the gems in there and having you live on the call is really great because then we can chat through it. And if I have a question, you know, so many times I'm like, oh, but why did they think this? And then the author reveals like this whole other plot point or whole other idea to me. Like I want this book to be able to help authors do this. And I'm like, what? Oh, that needs to be in the blurb. So we kind of have this conversation and, um, transform your blurb in that time it's really important that we have that starting point like you actually do give me your blurb and we always start from there but I find that it can go in all different directions and the end result is often very very different to what we started with and it's so fun because I love that it's really satisfying to do like the whole transformation in one hour like just I know like you have your VIP days where you like build a funnel in a day like there's something so satisfying about doing it all in one go and then anything that we don't finish on the call uh you got like a week of Voxer support with me to kind of chat back and forth but it's genuinely the clients that I'm working with most of the time we just finish completely on the call and if we don't then it's like one sentence that we're both like yeah let's just think on it and come back to it uh so that's also really fun if you're looking for an even kind of like quicker or like less hands-on sort of approach 
if you buy Book Blurb Magic and you do the course, you get access inside that course to discount critiques where basically you write your blurb using the course, email it to me, and I send back like a little Loom video of me chatting through some minor changes and things like that. So it's like, you know, a five minute video. So if you're kind of pretty confident and you just would like that, that's only available inside the course because once you followed the formula, it literally takes me only five minutes to critique the blurb. So there's lots of lots of options in there. Um, and they're all like, if you go to bookblurbmagic.com, you can see all of them. They're also all on my Instagram services highlight. And I will say before either of us forgets, if you use the code FUNNELQUEEN, uh, you get 10% off everything. All my courses, masterclasses, there's a whole bunch of things in there. So use the code, use the code FUNNELQUEEN for 10% off. Yay! I'm thinking about using this myself. I have been working on it. Oh, go for it. And I've got a blurb. And uh, now I'm like, oh, I really want to know what Jesse thinks about my blurb. (laughs) So is your romance novel in, is is the book written in first person POV? No. It's third person. Okay, interesting. Um, Yeah, because I'm dealing with a lot of, dealing with sounds negative. I'm I'm working with a lot of people doing first person romance novels and first person blurbs. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the first person. But if you're in third person. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so the, the kind of rule is blurbs a third person blurb can be written for any book literally any book doesn't matter what pov your manuscript is in only write first person or dual first person if that is what your manuscript is in and even then only then if you're really confident that is what your readers are looking for because some people hate first person blurbs like hate 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 i'm relaunching my spicy blurb playbook course actually on valentine's day so um good timing that deals that deals exclusively with romance blurbs for that reason because that's just a whole other like can of worms romance readers are very particular and very like genre has all these different subgenres that all have their own rules and people will get into fist fights over these variations (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah 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 and in some ways it makes the blurb easier to write but also it's there is also a whole set of other rules which is why I did a whole other course on it um so after valentine's day that course that course will be relaunching but it's always safe to write a blurb in third person pov just make sure it's present tense always present tense <laughs> i'm now just trying to imagine a non-fiction third person book with a first person blurb like that, that would really annoy people. So this is the funny thing is like, because we're so used to third person blurbs. Yeah. Cause we're so used to third person blurbs. People don't assume that the book is written in third person necessarily. Um, it's changing a little bit. Like I'm getting more and more romance readers saying, oh, if the blurb's in third person, I don't want to know about it because it means the book is. And I'm like, well, not necessarily. So the rules are kind of changing a little bit and it's all very anecdotal and I don't have any like hard stats I can give you. Um, Just my conversations with people. So if you know that like your readers are desperate for your first person POV book, especially in romance, then probably write a, th- a first person blurb just to like reel them in. Um, But third person is always okay. And it's interesting... <laughs> I'm thinking about first person for nonfiction now. It could potentially work for a creative nonfiction book. It would be a bold choice and you would have to have a very, 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 very good reason for doing it. But the thing with first person is that it's much more difficult to get like plot or, you know, quote unquote boring information across because it's got to sound conversational and nobody is interested in talking with someone boring. So it's a lot harder to get those things across naturally in first person. Um, you could potentially have like a first person section of your nonfiction blurb 
telling your story potentially but again only if you can make it very very this is not for amateurs this is this is advanced <laughs> stuff here but yeah and I way where we're like you hear a rule and you're like oh how could I creatively break that well exactly and I'm sure there would be a book for which it works I mean my process still for deciding which POV to write the blurb in is very case by case and I don't always write a first person POV for a first person POV romance because sometimes I'm like there's there's more angst and plot here and I can't get that across by just having the character talking at people. And other times I read it, I'm like, oh my God, this character needs to, to tell us the blurb because they're amazing. But nonfiction, I think we can safely assume we're going to go with third person. I'll come back to you if I ever find a really great example to the contrary. Or if your listeners have any great examples contrary, I really want to know about it. <laughs> yeah, I'll be looking for that now. <laughs> we have a friend who writes romance novels and she writes, I think maybe all of them are in first person. And yep. her characters have such strong voices, such strong mm. personality. So her blurbs are in first person and it's just stellar. I love her writing. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's it's really easy to be cringe in first person. But if you have characters who can carry it off, I have had clients say to me, I would never let my character loose on the back cover of my book. They would destroy everything. But yeah, if it's the right character, the right voice and there's a there's a whole different formula for first person blurbs as well which I've only kind of newly developed with you know this is why I'm relaunching the course because I'm like I've learned all these new things now so it's it's a whole other ball game but it's a lot of fun so come and dm me on instagram I love talking about first person blurbs (laughs) (laughs) this is the shocking controversial stuff that we talk about here (laughs) really is really is you'd be all I have to if I want more engagement on Instagram all I have to do is a reel or a post about like what do you think about first person blurbs and it's like it just it just goes off that's it it just goes off goodness now I'm thinking I need to go into like Facebook groups of romance readers and you know look for the things that get them like honestly around that know your readers know your readers that that would be my biggest advice when deciding on what how to write your blurb know your readers mm-hmm. awesome well I, that seems like a great uh note to finish on do you have any other parting thoughts that you'd like to leave us with um i think don't be intimidated by the blurb either you know get the support you need to write it yourself and like i say come hang out with me on Instagram. I post lots of tips and, you know, answer questions. I love, I love like answering follower questions and stuff like that. So please, if you have any sort of qualms, or you just want to dip your toe in the water of what book blood magic is all about. Just come and follow along. Um, it's not, it's not impossible. It's not something that you're just naturally not able to do because you're an author and you can only write books. Like it is, it's a skill that you can learn. And I would challenge you to think about how many books and courses you maybe read or did about novel writing before you wrote a novel or your, you know, nonfiction book. Like, but how, how much stuff have you done on blurbs? And if the answer is just like a whole bunch of Google searches, then I understand why you're feeling overwhelmed because if you Google how to write a blurb, it's just a cesspit of, like contradicting information that you know you can sort of piece together and most of it will just send you going around in circles so you know it don't don't be intimidated it's something you can learn and if it's something that you really don't want to learn there is no shame in handing it over to a blurb writer like I do get writers who really stress about that honestly like you're probably paying a few thousand for editing depending on what kind of book you're you're writing and your cover a book blurb for me will cost you 220 us and in the scheme of things to tick that off your to-do list, to not need to worry about it, to rest assured 
sure that you're actually not selling your book short after, you know, it sort of baffles me that people pay all this money for editing and a cover. And I'm like, they're not going to get there if they don't read the blurb and they're not interested. So I really would make sure that you make it a priority. And obviously I sound biased, but I'm in this because I really care about helping authors make sales. And I just would hate that this be like a little, you know, obstacle that you just don't cross or kind of just leave in the too hard basket. Um, so whichever kind of camp you're in, Book Blurb Magic has some support for you. And I look, I hate doing my taxes. So I always sign it over to an accountant and it's like the best decision I make every single year. If you hate doing something, I'm here for you. If you're keen to learn it yourself, also here for you. And um, if you are like, if you're finding me through this podcast, do please like DM me and let me know. I'd love to say hi. And I always like knowing where my, where my followers come from. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for hanging out and spending this time chatting about book blurbs. Most welcome. It's been great fun. Thank you for having me. Awesome. I will.